1: So I think great organic marketing is really the ability to connect with your audience and make them feel seen and heard. And then to also be able to really showcase your product or service as kind of the unique solution to whatever they are looking for, obviously in something like that. Really great organic marketing enables a brand to connect with consumers on a personal level and make it so that, you know, people want to binge consume their content over and over again. To the point where they just can't live without their products or services
0: welcome back to another episode of the Market millennials today i have savannah jordan today if you ever don't follow savannah on tiktok you need to go follow her on tiktok she has a great presence on tiktok and she's a great marketer so i'm excited to chat with her savannah welcome to the podcast
1: hey daniel thanks for having me
0: i want to go first into your background how did you get into marketing
1: so I started as an entrepreneur when I was about 18 years old. I started a business with my dad called CJ Jane Go, which was essentially Uber for women. And that's really where I fell in love with marketing. I was kind of helping with marketing and operations there and actually thought I wasn't necessarily like a super creative person. I actually loved the numbers side of things, the data side of things, the sales side of things, scaling and everything. And so didn't lean as heavily into marketing, but definitely got a crash course into it um and then after we sold that company after 3 years i started working for a marketing agency just because i actually wanted to do operations for them and that's where i really got to get my feet wet in terms of working with so many different types of businesses industries accounts things like that and i realized that there's this perfect opportunity to blend the desire to help businesses scale data analytics and marketing together to create really cool campaigns and content for different businesses and brands in order to help them hit their sales goals. So that's really where I kind of fell in love with marketing and got started.
0: One thing you're you're great at and you help your customers with those organic marketing. What makes great organic marketing, first of all, and then we can go into some more tactical thing.
1: So I think great organic marketing is really the ability to connect with your audience and make them feel seen and heard. And then to also be able to really showcase your product or service as kind of the unique solution to whatever they are looking for, obviously, in something like that. Really great organic marketing enables a brand to connect with consumers on a personal level and make it so that, you know, people want to binge consume their content over and over again to the point where they just can't live without their products or services.
0: So a client comes to you or a customer comes to you and they need help, with organic, what are the first couple steps you go through to first analyze where they should be going first? And then when you do that, what type of content they should be creating?
1: The first thing that we look at is typically gonna be their sales goals and their growth goals. So we wanna look at, okay, based off of where you are year to date in terms of sales, where do you wanna be by the end of this year? Where do you wanna be next year? And what does your marketing strategy look like to reflect those goals or to get you to those goals? So on the agency side of things, we work with brands who have obviously already created a certain level of success. And so we look at what is their marketing strategy really doing? Because a lot of times people will come to us and they're creating great visibility for themselves and their brands and their businesses. They're creating great engagement, brand recognition, but they're not driving sales, which I think is a key differentiator between our agency and the way that we market between other marketers is we really focus on sales-based marketing. And so a lot of times people come to us and they say, like, people love our content. You know, we're consistently growing, but we're not seeing traffic. We're not seeing sales from that. And so, a lot of times we'll look at, okay, how is it that you're selling your product or your service? We'll look at what are the buyer types that are in your audience? Are you speaking directly to them? Are you showcasing your product or your service as really a unique solution to whatever it is that your audience desires or any problems that they have? We have a really big belief that if you sell the problem or the desire that your product or service uniquely solves, rather than selling the product or the service itself, people will always invest in a solution rather than they'll invest in a product or service faster, obviously. So those are kind of the key things that we look at is, okay, if you're creating really great growth and visibility, which most of our brands already are for our agency, where is the gap, right? Why are people not buying from you? Do you not have enough trust built with your audience? Are you not selling to them? Because believe it or not, most businesses and brands think that they're selling consistently in their content and they are not. And then are you selling in a way that makes sense to your audience and is meaningful to your audience? and will cause them to essentially want to buy from you? And are you handling potential objections, questions, things like that? So we really kind of go down this line of different questions that we ask our clients. Um, but the key thing that we look at is sales goals. Then we look at how they're selling in their marketing strategy.
0: I want to go into the, the word selling in their strategy because I think people mistake that as just asking for things instead of showing value. So how would you define that to people? Because I think a lot of people make mistake that they'll go out and say, oh yeah, I have been selling my content. I've been telling them about my product. I've been giving them offers. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. What is selling to
1: you? Yeah. I think it's a really common misconception that people have. People either think one of two things when it comes to selling their content. They think that just posting consistently is quote unquote selling. They think that if they were to you know just consistently put out content that talks about their brand or talks about what their product or their service is that that is selling in and of itself or they think that constantly saying like here's my product here's my service here's a discount here's a promo code they think that that is selling in reality what selling is is like i said really showcasing the problem the desire that most of your target audience is experiencing that your product or your service is going to uniquely solve and showcasing the transformation or the result that it creates and then on top of that you have to take into account like i said there are four different buyer types so all of them take different things into consideration when it comes to purchasing or making an investment so you have to take that into consideration as well so for example if i were to sell a skincare product i've used this example a lot if i'm just selling the product i could say hey here's this skincare product you get this amount of product um, it's this expensive it's available on the state here's a discount and then here are the ingredients that are in it, blah, 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 right? If I'm selling the problem or the desire that it solves, I can say, hey, if you're somebody who's experiencing wrinkles and you want wrinkle-free skin, you want you know beautiful, useful skin, you want to have a glow about you, blah, 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 whatever it is that that target audience is looking for in a skincare product, I'm selling the desire. And then I say, this skincare product is going to give you those things because of the X, Y, and Z. That's more selling in your content most people's fear is that they're going to come off as too salesy. And so if you constantly are creating content that's like, here's my skincare product, here's my skincare product, people are going to get really burnt out from hearing that. But if you're constantly talking about a problem or a desire that they have and different problems or desires and how that product uniquely solves those things or meets those needs, you're never going to come off as salesy. And so that's why I say selling your content every single day, whether it's a product or a service, but we don't mean show up and just plug the product or plug the service. We need to talk about the problem or the desire that it meets or solves.
0: One thing I think you do really good that people would take advantage of is you give a tip or trick or something that would help someone, but you say I do this at my agency like you kind of slyly plug let you do it at your agency but you also will be like this is the steps I use to show expertise so you, you you're you helping with your content but you also it is selling but people yeah. wouldn't see it as selling because you're you, subtle yeah you're just basically saying this is my at my agency we do x y and z so now people say oh she has expertise she's helping me with a problem that I have today. Oh, and if I need help with this problem, I can go to her agency. So it's slightly plugging your agency, but it's not, it's not saying I run an agency that does X, Y, and Z. If you need help, I can help you.
1: Yeah. Cause I think people get turned off so easily. The way that people buy and the way that people consume content nowadays is so different than the way that it used to be you know we used to be able to just talk about a service or talk about a product and all of a sudden people were purchasing um i think they've been burned from investments and purchases in the past now and so they're a lot more hesitant when it comes to making that purchase or that investment so you really have to showcase as a service-based business you know your expertise your authority but you also have to you know give them some information that could give them a couple really quick wins essentially which is why you know we do provide so many pieces of you know information, but we do it in a way where I always call it the tip of the iceberg. You know, you give them the how or you give them the what, not the how. So you give them the framework, but you don't give them the ways to customize it essentially. So like for example, we talk about our alpha framework all the time, which is a track form convert, but a lot of times we don't talk about like, okay, if you're in this industry, if you have this buyer type, blah, 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 here's how you customize the alpha framework in order to create sales for yourself. So I'm giving you a ton of really great information um, where if you we're able to dig into the data you would know how to customize it for yourself but if you need help customizing it obviously that's where it comes in so we're giving information to people where they can get some quick wins but if they want further help for faster results that's where that comes in and so i think that's something that you know a lot of service based businesses can adopt when it comes to their marketing strategies because it does build that trust and that authority while also enabling people to realize the gap that they have in terms of doing it themselves
0: what is your process to figure out what the audience actually cares about? I think that's like the big gap of a lot of people because they could create content that they assume meets a requirement of a benefit and a problem, but the audience might not give a crap about the benefit of the problem.
1: And it's funny because we see that all the time. We have people coming to us and they're like, I'm selling, I'm talking about a problem or a desire, I'm using your framework, what's going on? And then as soon as we dig into it, I'm like, you're talking to the totally wrong person. So I think it comes down to a really clear, innate understanding of your target audience and it needs to be backed by data. So there's two parts to this. First of all, it's going to be market research. Record research is so key because you need to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Not only what their problems or desires are, but how they talk about it. You have to speak your target audience's language. So for example, one target audience who is 25 to 35-year-old females could describe you know, not seeing sales in their content as, I feel like I'm constantly showing up. I'm posting TikToks. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm not seeing any sales in my business. People aren't talking to me. My DMs are empty, blah, blah, blah. Whereas another corporate company who is comprised of, um, you know, maybe older, you know, forty-five to fifty-five-year-old entrepreneurs or consultants or whatever, they're going to talk about the lack of sales and we're not seeing traffic. Uh, we're struggling to get leads talking back to us or clicking through our funnels. This, that, and the other. Right? They're experience. They're experiencing the same problem, but they're experiencing it in different ways. And so we call those symptoms. Um, So you have a desire, you have a problem, and then the symptoms of that are how your target audience are experiencing that, or these specific examples of how they're experiencing those things. So when it comes to market research, you can have a list of problems or desires that you think your target audience is experiencing, and they could confirm those things. But you're also listening to how they describe those things, because there's a sales psychology tactic called mirroring, where if you can use people's body language, their exact words back to each other. Any of those things, you build trust and rapport so much faster um, because they are resonating with you and identifying with you because you are operating or speaking the same way that they do. Um, And so if you can do that in your content where you can use the exact words that your target audience is using to describe what they're experiencing, a lot of times you build trust so much faster and they listen to you faster and you create sales faster. So market research is super important for those two reasons. And then second of all, you have to understand how to really listen to what your audience is saying, whether or not they're saying anything, right? So if they're not engaging with your content, going back to the drawing board and figuring out why. Um, If they have a lot of questions or objections to purchasing your product or your service, okay, great, let's be reactive and put that in our content so that it's handled Um, So that people, when they're binging our content, don't have those same questions or concerns, right? I think that's another struggle that most business owners make is they go and they do market research. They post a ton of content, but then they don't watch or listen how their audience responds to it. They don't react to it. Marketing and sales is a two-way conversation. And then they're confused as to why they're not buying from them because they're posting content that their audience isn't engaging right? So I think it's twofold. It's market research, and then it's being able to listen to your audience and interpret the data, put that back into your marketing strategy to refine it, to create faster sales.
0: Yeah. I think you made a great point on, okay, someone's pain point is I'm not getting enough customers, right? But the pain of how they're getting enough, not enough customers, what they're doing could be way different from me. to Even if you do something separate, like someone has back pain, someone could be experiencing back pain because they're not sleeping right or they actually have an injury or they have, let's say, arthritis. Like, There's different ways to talk to all those type of back pains. But if you just say, okay, my product solves, I have a, something that serves back pain and this is what it does, it doesn't mean it's going to solve arthritis it doesn't mean it's going to solve inflammation it doesn't mean it's going to solve helping me walk better it's not going to let me play someone might want to go play sports someone might just want to be able to get out of bed in the morning those are two different things that you're trying to solve so you got to figure out what your audience actually cares about and what their that pain that is going to help them do x y and z and i think that's a great point i think that's where people sometimes you got the pain right You got the benefit of your product. It's just how you're communicating it is totally wrong.
1: Right. And it all goes back to really your audience wanting to feel seen and heard. So the more vividly you can describe their experiences and showcase how your product or service uniquely solves those, that's where you hit the nail right on the head. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is me. Like I always make the joke, you want your target audience to feel like you have cameras in their house or like you're in their brain, essentially. Like you want them to be like, holy crap, how do they know this? You know, like- and then, how do they know that their product or service is going to solve that for me, You know, um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's important.
0: Also, everybody thinks their problem is unique to them, but also, yeah, so many people experience the same thing every single day. So you can, you, if you find that group of people who are experiencing the same thing, you seem like you're talking to them one to one, but really, you're talking to a bunch of people one to one because they all have that same exact issue that you're you're solving. One thing I want to also go into is I think people mistake that there's only like a, that organic content isn't a secondary thing. Just like this invest in paid marketing because organic is hard to prove, hard to do X, Y, and Z. What do you tell businesses who, who say that?
1: I think that marketing has really shifted and changed in like even the last 10 years, obviously. Ten years ago in 2013, that was the first thing that you did to market your business was to, you know, invest in paid advertising. And I think nowadays, in my opinion, paid ads is very much a pay-to-play situation. It's really truly just to get you in front of more eyes. And so if you do not have an organic marketing strategy that already is proven to nurture your audience, to build trust with them, to convert them into a sale, it doesn't matter how many eyes you get in front of your brand or your business, you're not going to see those sales. So I actually tell business owners, it's extremely important for you to master your organic marketing strategy first. And mind you, we actually have the ability to leverage different platforms like TikTok, um, all of these other platforms to create a ton of visibility where you could probably get in front of way more of the right eyes for free than you could obviously with paid advertising so i actually think that um, especially if you're a startup you're bootstrapped any of those things or even a super successful like fortune 500 company it is super important for you to master your organic marketing first so that it's highly nurturing and converting and then on top of that once you've already got this rinse and repeat strategy that you know creates sales get in front of as many eyes as possible because then it just becomes a numbers game where paid ads is really going to pay off. I I actually have worked with so many paid ads agencies in addition to organic marketing agencies. And the reason why people hate on ads so much is because they don't see an ROI because they don't already have a proven organic marketing strategy. And a lot of ads experts who actually know what they're talking about will tell you do not invest in ads until you have the right organic marketing strategy because it's not gonna do anything for you. Again, like I said, it's just gonna get you in front of more eyes, but it's not actually gonna boost your conversions.
0: Two things on that is one, organic content fuels the engine for paid. That's one thing. And then two, paid advertising to me is just guaranteed distribution to a target audience. You still have have good content you just have to do. So if you just think about paid as a distribution channel, It could have quicker results, but it's not something that is very trust-building long-term. It's very, hey, I'm going to put in X dollars and I'm expecting X dollars in return, but you still need to have great content, great, great messaging, great stuff. But organic is a great way to say, okay, if I put out this idea, I can get direct feedback for free that says, okay, do people like it or do people don't like it? Um, are people commenting or people not commenting? Is this a great piece of content? Is this a bad piece of content? It's a great way to do it at a, a level where you're, and especially with platforms like TikTok or LinkedIn or stuff where there's a great organic reach because there's still chances to get organic reach of those platforms. You can get, if you're doing the right things, you can get signal pretty quickly how great your organic content
1: yeah, I mean, I will say we've never paid for an ad. Um, and we've, you know, created a, a huge company, obviously, or a big small business, I will say at least, um, you know, just from organic content alone. And we help so many of our own clients do the exact same thing. So I mean, if you're even just talking about profitability and, and ROI, I think that organic is the way to go if you can, you know, create that much revenue just from mastering your organic strategy. And then, like I said, on top of that, if you want to add in ads, once you have that proven framework and strategy for your business, go to town, you know, because that's where you actually get something for your buck.
0: In organic strategy, what are the let's say We don't have to go to specific like channel, but what is what are like the pieces of the puzzle you need to be have an organic strategy? What I mean by that is like, is it social, website? What are like the key pieces of things, channels you need?
1: I think it depends obviously on your business model and then also your industry. But what I will say is that, you know, I didn't I didn't have a website until probably two years into my business. Um, when we launched Alpha Agency, that's when I actually created a website. Um, before then, you know, I was creating great money, literally just from my organic strategy on socials. And that was it. So what I will say is, you know, if you are somebody who's just starting out as a business owner, um, if you're a service-based business, you probably don't need a website or a full website. Maybe you need a landing page, you know, something along those lines um, that you can direct people to. I don't think you really need that, um, at least for maybe a year or so. If you're a product-based business and you need people to purchase from you in order to make money, that's a little different, obviously. You probably do need a website right off the bat, but I would say having even just two social platforms, one that leverages visibility and nurtures your audience and the other for nurturing and converting into a sale, you should be golden in my opinion. That's like your starter pack right there. And then as your business grows, like I said, the goal is just to increase visibility, increase brand recognition and increase you know trust with your brand um, because you already have that conversion in place um, in order to increase your sales. So that's where you can add in other platforms that will help you increase those visibility or that visibility.
0: What were the two channels that you started off before? I mean, you didn't have a website. So what were the two channels that started getting you more and more clients?
1: So I actually just started with Instagram because when I started on Instagram, obviously reels were to a point where it was still really easy to go viral with reels. So you could leverage that visibility within Instagram as well as nurture, as well as convert. Obviously, we all know the algorithm kind of sucks now, and so a lot of people um, are transitioning consuming content to TikTok. So I very quickly incorporated TikTok into my strategy, I would say probably a year into business, and we literally have primarily just been using TikTok and Instagram to create sales. We have our email list. Um, We have email marketing, obviously, that does more nurturing, but it doesn't heavily convert. We really do create all of our sales from, from TikTok and Instagram, which is crazy.
0: There's different approaches out there, but it just shows you the power of organic social. That you could build a huge agency, or you could build a service-based business, or you could build a product-based business, just relying on on great content and platforms that give you visibility, like TikTok or or Reels or stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's really the power of of targeted messaging, in my opinion because as long as you have your messaging locked in in terms of what's going to grab your audience's attention, what's going to build trust with them, and then what's going to actually convert them into a sale, like what's important to them when they make that purchase or that investment decision, then it just comes down to the format of the content that performs best and that is easiest to consume for your audience. So then it's just kind of taking that into account and running with it, honestly.
0: What are the like one or two formats that you've seen that work well on TikTok and then We could go to Instagram too. What formats do you see work well?
1: Yeah, I think, again, it depends on obviously your business model and then your industry. So for service-based businesses on TikTok, a lot of times, um, so we we say that there's two purposes to TikTok. First and foremost is going to be visibility. Second of all is obviously going to be building trust and nurturing your audience. In terms of visibility, um, we usually like to incorporate trend-based content. That's really important, obviously, to kind of play into those in a way that is industry-specific. Second of all, we've seen that green screens and stitches perform really well, especially recently. So that's something we've constantly kind of been plugging into our content. And then on top of that, um, talking head videos for service-based businesses um, where the hook is really attention grabbing. And it's about a topic that, you know, really gets your target audience's attention that feels a little more authentic. I always call it kind of like your FaceTime videos. Um, You want it to feel like your audience is on FaceTime with you. Those obviously perform really, really well for service based businesses. For product based businesses, I would say trend based, stitches, and then green screens perform really, really well. Talking how you can incorporate that, especially if like the founder or the CEO is the face of the product based brand. Um, like I always talk about um, Love Wellness. Uh, you probably never watched Laguna Beach or the Hills, but Lo Bosworth, who was on that, um, she created. I
0: do know. Actually, my wife works on her brands.
1: Oh. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, so they're a product-based business. Um, Obviously, they're in the health and wellness space for women. They do a great job marketing their product, but Lowe is the face of the brand. Very similar to Set Active. Um, They're really, really big on TikTok right now. They're a product-based brand, um, and they do a really great job, obviously, creating content that is designed to go viral, but also creates a lot of trust with their audience um, because they're incorporating a lot of that content. So that's what I would say performs really well on, on TikTok. Um, And creates a lot of trust. And then on Instagram for service based businesses, in terms of and also product based businesses in general, the format that's going to be the easiest to consume and then actually convert into a sale is likely going to be reels, first of all, and then carousels. I know they made an announcement recently that, you know, the singular photo is what's going to perform best and blah, blah, blah. I don't really jump on those bandwagons until I've seen like proof in the pudding. And what we have seen is really that. Our sales and reels are going to perform best. But the one thing I would add to that is the buyer's journey that we've actually been seeing recently is that most people are finding brands and businesses on TikTok. If they're not immediately purchasing or inquiring from TikTok, they're actually going to Instagram and they're stalking people's stories because people are really craving the authentic side of brands and businesses now. So we almost treat our feed like a landing page for a lot of our clients um, because, yes, they're going to go through and, and binge and consume that content, but they're Obviously, going to be you know binging your stories more because they want to see that in the moment aspect of brands and businesses. So that's really where you should be prioritizing your time.
0: Yeah, and also Instagram is a great place to get those DMs and stuff like that. TikTok mm. is not really yeah. optimized. Well, I hate TikTok DM. DMs.
1: <laughs> I don't even. I don't know even them. Know,
0: yeah, I don't even know how to get to them half the time. So it's just it's kind of, but it's just Instagram with stories and. DMs like that's. I mean, I like how you said that the feed is just a landing page. Where Instagram really thrives is is stories and DMs, and then the TikTok is a way to just create visibility, share your message, get in front of people because it's an interest-based platform. So if people are interested in your content, like you, I got served your content because I'm interested in marketing. So. Like I wouldn't have found you if I did wasn't a marketer interested in listening to marketing content. So. Exactly. What is a marketing hill you would die on?
1: I have two. First of all, do not invest in paid ads before organic. I, I know we just talked about that. That is a hill I will die on. Absolutely. And then second of all, what I would also say is that educational content, in my opinion, is really dead the way that we go about educating people and providing value. Obviously, I know I do it sometimes in my TikToks, but I go about it while also talking about the transformation of our services or our products, strictly posting educational or value-based content without ever giving a call to action or any of those things and assuming that it's going to create sales for you. We are past that point, in my opinion. A lot of people really, really value educational content and that is all that they are providing to their audience and expecting to see sales from it. And that's just not how people buy anymore. So you really have to focus on creating content that really activates your target audience to buy based off of what's important to them, like we talked about previously.
0: I like how you said that because me and my friend, I don't know if you know who it is, but JT Barnett, he's big on TikTok. He, we're talking about this and we're talking about how two years ago, you could create great in-depth content on TikTok and only give you value because people had more time to consume. People had more time to follow your journey because they didn't have outdoor activities. They didn't have to do anything. They just were there. But now, now we're in a place where there's way more channels. There's like Snapchat stories, there's Instagram, there's LinkedIn, there's all these channels, but there's also competing with going to play pickleball, going to play, going to yoga classes, going to Pilates, going to hang out with your friend, going to take your kids to school. So now you're competing with all that. So you have to get your message quickly and have a way to share who you are in a much faster way because people are not going as in depth with content anymore. They're going more like, I want the the tip now. I want to know who has it right now because the depth of content is left to the people who created depth content two years, three years, four years ago. So I think that's a great, great take. Lastly, I want to ask where people could find you and what things you're doing.
1: Yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um so you can always find me on TikTok or Instagram. My handle is it's Savannah Jordan. I'm sure you'll put it in the in the description. And then on September sixth, we have a really cool secret project coming up that I can't talk about yet. But people will definitely want to tune into that. Um going to provide a lot of value, which is really exciting, give you more access into just what we're doing as a company and also, in my opinion, really kind of change the way that you're looking at marketing and sales um, forever, which is really exciting. So,
0: Where could people mark their calendar to see where this is happening?
1: TikTok and Instagram. Come on over. <laughs> okay,
0: well, follow us at Savannah Jordan on TikTok and Instagram if you want to hear her her drop I'm gonna set a invite I mean I'm gonna set my calendar for December 6 to see what's dropping so I'm excited to see super exciting thank you so much for joining and sharing your tips and tricks I really appreciate it
1: yeah absolutely thanks for having me
0: thanks so much for listening tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the marketing millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.